Welcome to the Men of Iron Podcast, equipping men for growth in your faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. Check out menofiron.org to learn more about how you can get involved in or support the vision of changing a culture one man at a time. Thanks for listening. Here's your host, Chad Zook. Getting older doesn't mean that you're cursed to be unhealthy. You can still be lean, confident, strong, and full of vitality, good sex drive, and manliness. Based on a lifetime's experience in coaching movement, fitness, health, and lifestyle, Vic Verdier offers a customized and holistic approach to regain what life has slowly taken away from you. Become strong and resilient again in mind and body and implement an effective system to manage the aging process. Welcome to episode 81 of the Men of Iron podcast. My name is Chad, and I'm your host. In this episode, I talked to Vic Verdier. Vic Verdier and I talked in episode 80. This is a follow-up conversation to that, where we talk about move nat, or move naturally. Vic was in the French Navy for 10 years. He had the opportunity to train numerous soldiers in several different topics, including close-quarter combat, skydiving, long-range weapon shooting, first aid, and explosives. He also has some world records, or had some world records, in deep mixed gas technical scuba diving. That means something to someone other than me. I've never scuba dived in my life, but he has some records in that. Uh, following up his time in the Navy, he also has become a life transformation coach, a fitness instructor, a kettlebell instructor, powerlifting and Olympic lifting coach, a breathing specialist, a nutrition specialist, and a MoveNat master instructor. This conversation has a lot to do with MoveNat, or it is short for Move Naturally. Well, if you've been part of the Men of Iron community, you know that Men of Iron is founded upon faith, family, fitness, finances, and friendships. And maybe here's something you don't know. Men of Iron believes firmly in mentorships. As a matter of fact, we are all about mentorships. If you would like to know more about the mentorship strategies that we offer for you as an individual or within a group or church group, you can go to menofiron.org, and we would love to have a conversation with you. But for now, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to lean heavily into the fitness pillar with the master MoveNet instructor, Vic Verdier. So today on the show, again, we have Vic Verdier, and today we are going to bring out a conversation about physical fitness specifically as it pertains to aging men, some younger men, we're going to talk about some things that Vic has done and then also give his perspective on some things that you and I can do to stay physically fit through the decades. So Vic, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> yep. Today, uh, today I want to talk about MoveNet. I want to begin here. Of course, in episode 80, we talked about kind of your story. We talked about doing hard things, use some of your examples. You gave some great uh, stories kind of illustrating points and we talk about the acrostic risks that you'd had on Instagram we drill down into those and today I want to talk about into your practice your coaching practice specifically and I want to start with MoveNat what is MoveNat for the audience who doesn't know what that is uh, there it's not something that I've talked about on this podcast so if you could give us just a, a quick synopsis as to what uh, MoveNat is and then why you chose that practice okay uh, so MoveNet was uh, founded uh, something like 13, 14 years ago uh, by another French guy, uh, Erwan Lecor. 
and uh, and I came soon after he founded and started MoveNet in the US. Uh, and since then, uh, we've been teaching or training people uh, and training instructors as well in a lot of different uh, families of movement. Okay, so MoveNet means moving in nature or moving naturally, okay. uh, whatever you want. Uh, and, uh, and it's all about uh, natural movement, meaning the movement we used to do throughout our evolution uh, on this planet, uh, things like walking, running, crawling, um, things like jumping, climbing, vaulting over obstacles, <clears throat> things like lifting and carrying things, throwing and catching things, but also things like uh, fighting or swimming or anything that happens in the water. Okay. So uh, obviously from the very beginning, 13 years ago, uh, everything grew up uh, at a very uh, steady pace. And now uh, MoveNet is pretty much uh, all over the world. And we have workshops and certification workshops all across the planet. Okay, with a lot of uh, MoveNet instructors uh, teaching those workshops uh, on a on a weekly basis. Yes. Hmm. Oh, that's that's kind of fascinating. And what I do know, the little bit of knowledge I have about MoveNet is it actually doesn't require a lot of extra equipment. And I think that that's a, that's an excuse a lot of guys use. It's like I don't go to the gym because I can't afford it, and yet I, you know, I can't have a home gym or I don't have room. I've got a a house that doesn't allow me to have all this extra equipment. And one of the beautiful things about MoveNet is in moving naturally is just doing it's a lot of body weight stuff am i right i mean that's kind of the yes, beginner yes. side of it so yeah. whether it's it's so something it's is... uh, it's sorry <laughs> it's supposed to be i mean the, the ultimate goal is to be able to uh, to move in in any kind of environment so obviously move that can be practiced indoors can be practiced in gym but it could also be practiced in uh, in a park or like I was doing for a long time in the jungle in Thailand, where everybody was climbing on trees and running barefoot uh, in the middle of the jungle and having fun doing that. Okay, crazy, <laughs> huh? uh, <laughs> I see a pattern here in this conversation, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it can, be, it can be, you can pretty much improvise any kind of equipment if you want to balance on something it could be a log, it could be a branch, it could be a scaffolding, it could be uh, just a curb in the street, or it could be a two by four uh, in your living room. Uh, if you want to lift something, it can be a bag, a kettlebell, a sandbag, or a rock, or a log. Uh, so you can pretty much uh, practice uh, MoveNet anywhere. And you can also practice MoveNet anytime. Hmm. And I think that's uh, that's something very important because uh, the usual mindset when it comes to uh, training is I go to the gym, I spend an hour, and I do that three times a week, four times a week, and that's about it. Mm -hmm. uh, MoveNet has a very different approach to that. You can pretty much train MoveNet 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Okay. Because the way you sit right now, okay, 
can maybe be optimized. Okay. okay. Or you can change the way you sit, or you can change your position, or you can work on something that is uh, that lacks a bit of mobility. You know, does it world, require? If we see, does yes, move, does MoveNet require uh, the recovery time that a normal, like say, strength training uh, type of, or weightlifting, or even cardio? Uh, that it requires does it require you said that it can be done seven days a week 24 7 is it because it actually doesn't your body doesn't need that much time to recover in between workouts is that what you're i mean you're getting out or no okay so it depends on the intensity of the workout and it okay. depends on what you do during okay. your workout when i say it can be practiced 24 uh, 24 7 is uh, the way you stand your position okay can always be optimized. The way you stand, you can be stand, you can be standing a bit taller with your shoulder in the proper position, your head in a in a better position as well. It's not people don't take that as a workout. Mm. Okay, it's not something you need to recover from. Even if you work a bit your body and you work a lot your brain, okay. It's not a workout in a more conventional uh, sense of the word, uh, or the more conventional meaning. Uh, but it could be also, uh, it could have also a lot more intensity. Okay. You can have a, a move that session where you crawl and lift and climb and jump. And then, yes, you definitely need some recovery. Okay. But you can spread them some movement, uh, movement skills throughout the day without necessarily taxing your body and taxing your brain. So I, so what I'm hearing in this, it's moving that, of course, there's a, is a way of exercising. It's just a, a mm -hmm. way of having physical fitness, but also it's a lifestyle. It sounds like, like say for instance, an example of moving that, if I heard you correctly, and just to allow the, the audience to maybe gain a better grasp of this, it's literally me sitting in this chair right now. I'm not sitting in the back. I'm literally sitting up trying to maintain a different posture. And this is what I do while I listen to podcasts. So you're saying this is a move nat response. If I'm, so I'm basically a move nat instructor. Yeah. That's basically what I'm saying right now. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, but this is just an example of choosing yeah. to not to be, to be lazy and just kind of lean into the chair. But instead I sit shoulders back chest out kind of like maintaining a strong core so this is yeah. something as simple as this maybe even in, in an office environment is a mm -hmm. move mat position is that what you're saying yes uh what i what i mean by that is one of the core principles of uh, move mat uh, is efficiency okay we always try to be as efficient as possible efficient means uh, a lot of different things and to be counterintuitive sometimes um, if your movement has a goal, okay, meaning you want to go from point A to point B, okay, uh, you can walk, you can crawl, and so on, and that will be effective. You will manage to go from point A to point B, you will reach your goal, okay? Being efficient is being able to use the, the least amount of energy meaning fine-tuning your movement, perfecting your movement to be able to do it without spending a lot of energy, with grace, agility, uh, with power if you need uh, some power, with strength if you need some strength. But the idea is to optimize the movement. And you can optimize 
pretty much anything you do in life as long as you're moving. When you're sitting, the way you sit, the way you stand up, the way you carry your grocery bag, uh, or your, uh, your backpack or your purse or whatever, uh, the way you climb the, uh, a flight of stairs, uh, the way you walk in the street around people or around your environment, all those things are part of MoveNet. So MoveNet can be really intensive if you want to, but it could also be part of your daily life uh, in pretty much everything you do. And this is really an incredible thing because, you know, even for a guy, I know that you advocate in your health, your, in your coaching practice is geared towards men my age. I'm going to be 47 here in a couple months. So men wow. my age and older, and, and I know that, but yet what you're advocating, even with MoveNet, goes down to maybe it's the dad who has little kids and he takes him to the park. I mean, the park is, mm -hmm. is an optimal place for, for move nap from what I understand, yes. whether yes. it's, it's the equipment that the kids are playing on or playing around, but it's easy to kind of like roll on the round roll on the ground with your kids and, and bring mm -hmm. your kids into that type of environment, which I think is a great uh, way of, of kind of bringing the family fitness dynamic in because if a man just goes to the gym, I go to the gym, my, I'm an empty nester. Now my daughter just left for college. My son is, you know, I'm actually going to be a grandpa here in several months, but it's like, wow. I'm beyond <laughs> that. But most, most, you know, guys that are going to be listening to this podcast are busy. They're busy with life. Mm -hmm. They're just, they have kids and they're trying to maximize and optimize what they do. So maybe a guy, they just can't up and just go to the gym or a guy can't just up and say, well, I'm going to go run three miles because I can't be gone for 30 minutes or an hour. But instead it says, no, I want to optimize my time. So I'm going to take my kids to the park and I'm actually going to put together some natural movement and I'm going to invite my kids into that and be very specific and kind of strategic about that. I think that's one of the, uh, for me anyway, it's a, it's a huge mm -hmm. selling point for MoveNet. Okay. You understand already some of the, of the principle behind MoveNet. Uh, <clears throat> MoveNet is really for everybody. And I think that's uh, that's very important to, to understand. For many people, when you say, oh, I want to train, I want to get fit, uh, a big part of the population will tell you, it's not for me. Mm. Okay, I'm too old, I'm too big, I'm too whatever, too small, too whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, People find a lot of, uh, reasons and sometimes excuses not to train. Okay. Uh, but MoveNet is really a practice that can be done by anyone from kids to uh, elderly, uh, men, women of any shape, uh, any form. Um, and I think that's uh, because this podcast is also about family. Uh, I think that's also a good way to bring the family together because mm. everybody can practice at the same time. Everybody can play at the same time, and therefore everybody can have fun at the same mm -hmm. time and together. So I think that's a, that's a very important concept behind movement as well. Yeah, and, and busy guys, they need to they need to optimize. They need to learn how to to integrate as many things as they can because you know it comes down to priorities. And sometimes mm -hmm. for for men, even the type of men that you uh, that you know you'd be helping with the coaching practice. The reason why they go to you, maybe because they've they've had years of neglect and now they look at their life, maybe they had a health scare or maybe they, you know, something happened. Maybe they found out something about something that happened in their family, like a family line issue, a health issue and scare. So now they're like, now I need to get things right. So I, I love to advocate for the guy before they get to that point, too. 
and say, hey, what can we do to help optimize that guy's life so he doesn't get to you know, diabetes and being overweight and, and then get, having all these other compounding issues. But I'm glad that people like you are there for everybody. You know, um, yeah, I, I think fortunately and unfortunately, I know um, <clears throat> we we became uh, sedentary. Mm -hmm. Okay, we became more comfortable. I mean, comfort is, I would say, everywhere around us. Uh, we spend a lot of time sitting. Mm. Okay, we are sitting right now. Okay, um, <clears throat> and therefore, there's a lot of damage. Uh, done by the modern world or the modern lifestyle somehow. And I think MoveNet is a, is a good uh, solution to fix this problem. Because okay? mm. as I said, uh, we all lack mobility, we all lack strength, we all lack explosiveness, we all lack resistance, we all lack endurance. Yeah, we all lack a lot of different uh, attributes. But just managing to fix the damage of our daily life by incorporating some movement practice, some uh, some movement snacks throughout the day uh, that can take a minute or five minutes of your time, uh, and that can be done anywhere at any time. I think that's that's big. I think that's very useful. And people, we have so many examples of people who've done that and who really change the, the course of their life. Yeah, I agree. And even, you know, just thinking about maybe the, the, the guy who is, who travels for work, who's going to be listening to this podcast and he's listening to it mm -hmm. while maybe sitting in the airport or, you know, on a commute somewhere. And I think about, you know, I think about that guy, he, he just can't always just go to the gym. So he's going to drop in wherever he's going to be. And in, he may be there for the night. He may be there for two days and moving that is something that is adaptable no matter where you are. You can always find a park, you can, in a hotel room, you can do something uh, to kind of bring those practices. Um, so it really, it helps kind of eliminate some excuses while creating opportunities for men to grow. And, and again, what we talked about before is men doing hard things. And one of the hard things for us to do is to be intentional about our physical fitness and our nutrition. I know you're, you're kind of an expert in nutrition as well. So would you say that combatives are something that men should strive to grow into or uh, even, you know, men who are maybe 30, 40 years old, do you think it's too late for them to, to begin combatives? Or do you think that combatives are something that, that should be incorporated into, uh, into a man's life? Uh, I would say there's no age for that because there is no age to be in a dangerous situation. Okay. okay. Uh, it's not because you are 30 that uh, you might have to find someone or several aggressors. Okay. Uh, you, cannot be, you can be in a dangerous situation, whatever age you, you are. And I would say that the older you are, the more risk you have, because mm -hmm. the more risk of being selected as a prey mm -hmm. by any kind of human predator. Uh, a human predator will select their target, their prey, based on age, level of fitness, and opportunities, environment, and so on. So I don't think there's an age for uh, learning some combatives. I'm not talking about uh, training MMA and uh, being able to fight in, uh, 
in the octagon for the UFC. I'm talking about uh, being able to uh, to fight for your life uh, or fight for the things you want to uh, to fight for, like your family, your kids, and and being able to to do something. Because sometimes you don't have to do things, but sometimes you do. Right. Because you don't really choose. Okay, mm -hmm. you are not the one in control of the situation, at least not initially. Uh, if you start a fight for no reason, then you are a jerk. Okay, right. But if you are in a bad situation because some bad people decided to, uh, to target you and, and get your wallet, yeah, you can comply, you can escape, and that's all, always a, a, good, uh, a good option. But sometimes you might have to fight mm -hmm. uh, because people have different different intentions, and it's not always just about your wallet. Yeah, I have a good example of that as myself. Years ago, yeah. uh, my wife took me. Uh, it was like a, a special thing. We went to a Miami Dolphins football game, and mm -hmm. that's the professional football team that I like. So we went down there and went to a game, and we went. We were leaving. And as we left the stadium, the Dolphins lost, so that that sucked. But I got over it, and we we walked out. And of course, it's the end of the game. Think about it, right, right, right. I still remember it very well. We lost, but uh, you know, so we're walking outside the stadium, and uh, and I myself was sober, my wife was sober, but it's at the end of the game, and you could tell that that there was a lot of partying that had been going, been going on beforehand, and then during the game. Well, as we're walking out they played the bills and this bills fan came up and he and a couple buddies and he came up to me. I'm just minding my own business, walking to the car, head down. We lost, you know, suck it up, moving on. But he comes up and he's just in a drunken stupor and he's getting all aggressive towards me. And so he's like wanting to get in my face and he's yelling things back at me. And I just kind of put my head down and I'm like, Hey, this is, you know, I don't know if, I know what I'm trained to do, but I don't know what he's trained to do. And he's drunk and he's got buddies. So I'm surveying the whole thing. And I'm thinking, you know, the risk analysis here is this. The best thing for me to do is leave. I mean, that's and get out of that situation as best I can. And yet, but you have to use restraint. So I think in, in many ways, when it comes to learning combatives or learning any sort of, of, of was it a martial art or, or striking or something, it's it's a matter of knowing when to use it and what not to use it. So by in in no way are you advocating for brutality, just as I'm not. But in my analogy or my my story is when I left, I got in a situation where I was like, there's there is a strong chance that I'm going to have to defend myself or my wife, even if it means that that I lose. But I, but not to just be a mark and kind of be played out. So I walked away and walked away and he came. He got in my face. And just about the time that I thought he was actually going to strike me, his buddy pulled his buddy was a little bit more sober than him, pulled him aside and, and basically and diffused the whole situation. But what I tried to do was I recognized it, situational awareness, know what's going on. This guy's drunk. Who knows if he's trained or if he's not trained or if he's armed or not armed. And all I wanted to do was just kind of after the risk analysis, just walk away. But yet there's a moment in time to where I think all of us, maybe have have a moment like that where we're like, okay, I might have to actually defend myself. I might not to be the aggressor, but to, to defend myself yeah. or my wife. I heard you talk about self-defense and I thought your perspective on self-defense was, was interesting. You're on Angela's podcast. Angela and I are, are friends on mission manhood podcast. 
and we've talked about doing other type of work, uh, collaborating, uh, just what she's doing, and what I'm doing. And, yes. and I like the work that she's doing, but you talked about self-defense and, and if I, I may have heard this incorrectly, but, but you actually said that, I believe you said you don't like the term self-defense. No, I don't. No, no, no I don't. Because um, I like to be proactive. Okay. Um, self-defense means yeah, you react to a situation. Okay. Uh, as much as I want, uh, as much as I can, I would like everybody to be more proactive. And more proactive means a lot of different things. More proactive means like in your situation, uh, being able to see the event coming, the situation coming. Mm -hmm. And to be able to do that, you have to open your eyes. And that's a big part of the movement combatives. We learn to recognize some pre-situation pre indicators, if you want, okay? Uh, you need to open your eyes to be able to see it coming instead of having your head buried in your in your phone, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, being proactive means also, if you see it coming, uh, finding a way out. Mm -hmm. It could be a physical way out, like turning around and escaping, okay? Or it could be a way out with communication, diffusing mm -hmm. the whole situation, de-escalating. Mm -hmm. That's still proactive, okay? Uh, and then if you see that uh, the situation, you will not get out of the situation without a fight, okay? Here again, it's being proactive. It's being able to fight, but fight with enough intensity uh, to end the fight quickly. Because hmm. the longer the fight, the more chance of being injured. That's just statistics, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, if you can end the fight within a few seconds, you have a lot less chance of being injured or the people with you being injured. But uh, if the fight gets on and on and on. Mm -hmm. The thing is, you never know exactly how uh, a situation will turn out. Exactly like in your example, uh, there might be friends. Okay? And then you have to fight against several people. Or, there might be weapons involved mm -hmm. and you don't necessarily know that from the from the get-go okay weapons happen they just yeah, happen and therefore being proactive is pretty much the, the opposite of uh, self-defense so that's why i don't really like this uh, this world and because that's not what we do in the mood that combat is well, I appreciate that because it's it's just a matter of being proactive instead of being reactive. And I think that when people talk about self-defense, they automatically kind of like put two opposing views. It's either you're being self, it's self-defense or you're the aggressor. And I think that that is not true, but I think that's where people people's minds go. It's like there's one person who's the aggressor or one person who's just defending themselves. So you kind of diffuse all of that in what, if I am gathering this correctly, you diffuse all of that and say, it's not a matter of being self-defense. It's a matter of being proactive. It's, yes. it's situational yeah. awareness. It's, it's understanding that sometimes the, the best thing to, sometimes the only thing to do is to stay there and, and tuck your way out or fight your way out of a situation as quickly as you can, or, you know, or 
or just run, yeah. you know, or just do whatever you can do to diffuse with that situation, which I, I really appreciate that too. And, and, and I think that, you know, when, when I heard you say that and when Angela asked that question, it just really made me think because many times we, we again have those two opposing views. One person is the, we think one person is the aggressor, which you're not advocating for somebody for us to be the aggressor. And yet, <laughs> right. Of course. Um, and, and you could be the aggressor with all the training you've had, you could be the aggressor. And that's the thing. And I, and I really, I think that, that men have to have their power under restraint. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I think that men ought to be powerful and I think they're made to be powerful. I think that's the reason why we, we have the, the masculine frame that we do while we have testosterone that we do and, and being able to do just the hard things that men do, which we've talked about, you know, at length. But I think part of that also is this awareness piece and not to be the aggressor, but, but to understand that for us, we have to be proactive. And yes. this even conveys down to our kids, you know, because mm -hmm. I think one of the messages that, well, it is one of the messages that I've told to my daughter specifically, is I said, when you're out in a public place, don't have your head in your phone, know where you're going, walk with purpose, walk with confidence and don't walk alone. If you, if you don't have to be alone, don't be alone, you know, not to make herself, you know, vulnerable in those situations. But I think there's, there's really a lot there that people, men and, and people generally they're so busy with, with their attention being somewhere else that makes them targets. Yeah, I think it's, uh, we live in a very uh, entertainment-focused uh, society, if you mm -hmm. want. Um, we are completely bombed by uh, information and uh, through a lot of different channels. Uh, it's true that uh, this little uh, device is wonderful in some aspect and uh, and uh, and really bad in others mm -hmm. um, and and I think that uh, we we tend to become slave of all this uh, flow of information and this uh, entertainment culture and uh, and you can see that pretty much anywhere you can't see anyone uh, queuing somewhere in the supermarket for more than two minutes without seeing the phone uh, being pulled out of the pocket and, and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, you see that in cars, you see that in pretty much everywhere. And, and there's a lot of uh, problems with that. We, we talked about uh, the lack of situational awareness when it comes to uh, potential aggressors. Uh, I see it on a daily basis because I only travel on uh, on motorcycles and uh, and I see drivers holding their phone while mm -hmm. driving without paying attention to anything around them. Uh, and I think that's a problem. That's a, that's a real problem that we haven't really fixed yet. Um, and when it comes to uh, combatives, we, we just bury our head in the phone or bury your head in any kind of entertainment. And I mean, 200 years ago in in Europe, where I am right now, you couldn't uh, travel from one village to the other one without being scared of uh, what? Uh, bad guys, wolf, creatures or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Now you can walk pretty much anywhere and you see people who don't really pay attention to anything. Okay. Mm -hmm.
so the first step in the in the movement combat is uh, i teach is learning to pay attention learning to recognize the situation uh reading body language and i mean it's very difficult right now at the moment to read body language you see a lot of people with masks on put a pair put a mask and a pair of sunglasses and you have absolutely no idea what's what's happening in someone's face it's true yeah okay. um <clears throat> and that's a problem that a lot of uh, uh police officers i know have to deal with on a, on a regular basis they can't read body mm -hmm. language they can't read uh, people's face and people's intentions um so that's one of the first things we do during the, the combat is learning to see the situation coming and then learning to either run away escape because there's an old saying that uh, you win 100 percent of the fights you never you've never fought mm. uh, it's always easier not to fight than fighting and ending up in a situation you have no control uh, of. Mm. Yeah, well because said. You never know what will happen. You never know, as I said before, weapons happen, friends happen, uh, bad fall happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and even if you win and there's no winner, um, you still have to deal with maybe some injuries. Uh, maybe to deal with the police, maybe to deal with the legal system, uh, because uh, surprisingly enough, bad people might sue you uh, mm -hmm. because you kick their ass. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so if you can avoid a fight, avoid a fight. Mm -hmm. But as a man, uh, you have to know when to avoid it and when to go for it. And if you decide that it's time to fight, you will need to know how to fight efficiently, fast, with power, and uh, and get uh, get rid of the situation. Excellent. Well, Vic, this has been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed this, and it's been really helpful for me, kind of gaining some understanding on what MoveNet is, and and just the other elements of just kind of what you're saying about the uh, just the elements of being a man, which mm -hmm. I think is is really profound and. And so we just thank you so much for your time, kind of stepping into this conversation all the way from France. And you probably had a lot of other things that you could be doing, but you chose to uh, to be talking to us today. So I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. And then also, if a guy would like to maybe get connected with your coaching practice, how would a guy do that? Uh, there's different ways. The, the easiest one, of course, you can go to movenet.com where I teach some uh, some certifications and also teach some combatives and aquatics. Uh, you can go to my own personal website, vicverdiercoaching.com. As you mentioned several times, I'm very active on Instagram. And my Instagram page is, uh, our account is at uh, vicverdiercoaching. And in social media in, in general, YouTube channel and, and things like that. Awesome. Well, Vic, thank you so much for coming on the show today, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. This Men of Iron podcast is brought to you by Men of Iron. 
If you're interested in getting involved in or supporting the vision of changing a culture one man at a time, or you simply want to know more about our Strong 27 Mentorship Experience, Equilibrium Retreats, Anchored Man Video Series, or Men of Iron Plus, go to menofiron.org.